Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 316 of Relay Radio, the show about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Shan, and joining me in the orange side one of the bar for this episode is our Head of Health and Safety, Commander Ed LeVice. My joystick's not working again. I need a new one. And our Deputy Trade Attaché, Commander Suverine. What up? And we have, uh, do we have uh, our tech monkey, Ventura, on listening in? Or our tech gibbon today? I think they're both hiding back there behind the curtain. And we, we probably don't want to actually inquire too close, closely as to what they're doing. What, with each other on their own? Well, we just don't want to know. Don't judge. <laughs> okay, uh, we also have a, a special guest star, is uh, Commander Kai Zen. Hi, Kai, and welcome. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be at the hottest party this side of Deso. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> right, okay. So let's go around the table and see what we've been up to uh, this week. So, uh, Sue, what have you been up to this week? I have been... So uh, in-game, I went to um, some friends and I did a little tour of the um, of the Halloween event. POIs. So we went to the Colsat Nebula and we visited the very, very eerie surface space and listened to the logs there. We visited the crash Thargoid ship. We visited the Barnacle and uh, and the, the wrecked SRV there. Um, and I collected the occupied escape pod. And then we flew to the crash Sidewinder and we got the logs from that. Uh, and then we head, headed back to the bubble and uh, popped in on the Adamaster itself and collected the logs from that. And it was it was just really really good fun. I did the whole thing in VR, um, and it was it was a really good few hours of play. Um, it was uh, really fun to do it with friends. We we read the logs to each other as well as as, as playing the the audio, um, and um, uh, admired all the the new assets that the that the designers had created for um, uh, for that particular little vignette. And it was just brilliant. It was really really good fun. Um, Why does that sound like you you had a uh, invited people around to see your holiday photos? <laughs> um, I do have a quick question, actually, Sue. Though is huh? the uh, is the log on the SRV fixed yet, or is it still broken? What do you mean by broken? I think if I remember correctly, when I scanned the SRV, it said it was going to either either it said it was going to give me something and then it didn't, or it gave me an empty thing. I can't remember what. It was fixed. We it, okay, you get a log. You get a log okay. called log dot dot dot. Oh no, hold on. Is that from the SRV? I don't, I, don't I don't actually think we got a log from the SRV. Okay, it might still be broken then. Oh, I didn't. Oh, okay, we missed something. So um, for, the, for the record, the log on the SRV was never broke. It was always working as intended, which was to display it was a log. Meant to be broken. It was intended. That was the story. It was saying that it was a corrupted file, that there was nothing to get there. The log that was broken during the event was the listening post for the first couple of days, but that was fixed. That was fixed, yeah. But now I remember, I was wondering, because I remember scanning the SRV, and I was like, what the hell? And then everybody in chat was saying the SRV's, uh, the SRV's logs down. 
Uh, okay, fair enough. Um, I, don't, I don't think I even realised, don't think I even clocked that there was a log to be got there. So what about real life then, Sue? I have absolutely no idea what I've been doing in real life. Uh, today I posted some magazines uh, to our Cosmonaut subscribers because uh, we've just released issue eight, which is lovely. Um, and um, what else have we been doing? Uh, I had my regular D&D games on Thursday. And, no, not Thursday. That was called off, actually, um, because folks were election watching. Um, <laughs> and uh, on Friday, which was fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, apart from that, nothing really. Just uh, just enjoying lockdown from the, from the comfort of our one-bedroom flat in London. So when you said you were delivering magazines, I had an image of you like a paper boy with a, back, with a banquet spaceport cap on your BMX sort of. <laughs> going around the neighborhood throwing magazines through it feels a bit like that it, we with um parallel worlds we've managed to we've, we've moved to a a service that uh that do the fulfillment for us which is really really good um but cosmonaut because it's landscape rather than portrait it's um it's very very difficult to get to find a printer that will fulfill as well as print um and um uh, so that means that I am we're we're getting them printed, getting them posted to me, and then I'm posting them to our subscribers myself, which is which is fine for now because we've only got like fifteen or sixteen or something. Um, but in the future, it'll, it it may prove a bit of a problem. But it means that every month I have to go to a post office and um, and post them all manually, which is really rather tiring. But uh, but huh. <laughs> so Ben, what have you been up to this week? Uh, I've been. I'll start out of the game and say, you know, out of the game I've had exciting times in that I went off and I swapped my small PC case to a slightly larger PC case that actually fits my graphics card. Because my for the past couple of years, my graphics card's basically been pushing out on my PC case and it's always been like sitting there half open and been like, okay, fine. Um, but I've now got one that doesn't have it isn't caked in dust. Um so I you know, my my fans aren't fighting against an inch of dust trying to to get all the heat away from my CPU, um, I've actually got room, and it's yeah, it's just a it's a much it's a much more sort of audio friendly case, I guess you could say. Um, in game, well, I've, I've basically I've been doing the CG, and I, I feel slightly dirty in that I, I'm. I was like, well, this is a great opportunity for me to try to rank up with the Federation, who I basically don't like, and I've never liked ever since the beginning of the game. Uh, but if I do rank up with them enough, because they don't give a shit what I'm doing, you know, they'll still happily turn over a Corvette. So, you know, I'm basically fighting for the Federation in an Imperial Cutter, just so I can get a Corvette, or I've got access to a Corvette. I see. And, uh, Kai. Hello, hello. So I am, as we speak, uh, in the coal sector. If anybody wants to come and murder me, I am in open. I'm in coal, 285, sector November Papa Whiskey. Alpha three, one dash three, six alpha is the uh, planet and moon that I am at. This is the location where, just within the last uh, twenty eight to thirty hours, a new location has been found in the game. There were some listening posts that led to this location, and there is a weird, spooky ground base here where there's. Uh, both logs indicating that they don't want to be rescued, don't come here, and that people are going missing and something is happening. So I am here at the moment. Um, 
what have I done this week in the game? I have turned the wheel. I have gotten myself involved in the CG on behalf of defending the Marlinist against the unauthorized and illegal acts of aggression on behalf of the Empire. And uh, out of game, I have mailed off a prize that Frontier gave me. They gave me an etched uh, acrylic sort of panel that had schematics for the SRV etched into it. And I said that I was going to give it to whoever won first place in the eight-wheel drive endurance challenge put on by the Elite Racers group. And Commander Shea Blackwood won. So today, I got to find out how much it costs to mail something to Norway. Uh, so you had to take out a second mortgage, <laughs> did you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. As somebody who posts things internationally quite a lot, I, 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 I fear you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's me. And most importantly, what has Shan been up to this week? I was actually going to leave me to last, actually. I was going to give people a Colin update. Oh. Um, yes. Well, as, as you, you may have known, last week or a couple of weeks ago, Colin was um, diagnosed with COVID-19. And uh, we had hoped to have him on the show um, to so he could demonstrate what a COVID cough sounds like. Because I, I don't know, I haven't actually met anyone or been in, around anyone with COVID, so I've got no idea whether a COVID cough sounds different to a cold cough. So the, the plan was for Colin to come on, cough a few times, so we all knew what one sounded like for a public health um, thing. Unfortunately, um, Colin is recovering and not coughing anymore. Um, so we can't have that feature. But he is he is taking a well-deserved rest, and we'll hopefully get feedback with us soon. So, Colin, I wish you'd been sick for another week so we could have heard a cough, but we're pleased you're getting better. And what have I been doing? Well, I haven't really been doing much in game. So I've been exploring, as uh, as Kai said, I've been visiting the coal, the coal sector and uh, doing the Halloween chase, which has been quite quite interesting actually it's been nice just to explore and follow breadcrumbs so i've been enjoying in doing that um outside of game i have been um tinkering i've actually been doing some computer work which is very rare for me um sounds incredibly geeky and in fact it probably is but um my, my tesla has got eight cameras and it's got permanent dash cam that takes a feed from all eight cameras and what you can do is you can get a raspberry pi zero and use that as the storage mechanism for all this this video that's coming in and then when it connects to your wi-fi it can then upload the footage to a central server so i've got that bit working and now when the footage is uploaded it there the server then kicks off a a program which then merges all these camera footage together into a single video file so you, you've got a permanent sort of a proper record of everything the, cam the Tesla says and does. So I've been enjoying myself on Raspberry Pis this week. So I've been in, in hogs heaven, really. Can I ask a follow-up question? You may. What have the dozens of Shandlings been up to this week? The dozen, the two of them, both of them. Well, one of them has been, uh, he's actually been, He's, he's a, he was a teaching assistant for autistic kids working alongside Mrs. Shan. So he's so he's doing that while he's waiting for his um, RF training to resume. Isn't one uh, of them rather famous? I, I think I saw him on the telly the other day. Oh yes, he was he was picked to be at the uh, Sanitaf Memorial Parade 
uh, this Sunday for Remembrance Sunday, um, which was very different. It almost sort of, uh, I don't know, I, if people who followed the Remembrance Ceremony, I they usually have... preferred it. You know, the, the lack of people almost made it feel more somber to me. It did, didn't it? Because usually they have like 10,000 people yeah. marching in like a huge long procession and laying reeds and stuff like that at the, at the cenotaph. Now for our non-UK um, listeners, the, the cenotaph is the focal point for the UK's memorial um, ceremony. So I, I guess there's a similar one at Arlington in, in the US. And so it's that sort of, it's that sort of uh, degree of spectacle. But of course, due to COVID, they only had 26 veterans there um only a few chelsea pensioners because they would be at most risk in such a place so it was really eerie but also on the um on the tv feed all these ceremonies that go on around the country that are usually very populated with not just veterans but cadets scouts etc were just empty it almost it almost felt apocalyptic really and it's very strange, but anyway, he was he was very fortunate to be chosen to um, be on the parade and be at the ceremony. So yes, well done him. <coughs> oh yes, uh, sorry. Real quick, just can I add, just for because otherwise I would get grilled by some people. Happy birthday, one and all, to the members of the United States Marine Corps. Two hundred and forty-five years today. Hoorah! Hoorah! That's uh, that's pretty old, actually. I wouldn't have thought they'd be that old. I'm. Uh... I'm quite surprised. Oh, they're, yeah. they're, they're American years, so they're shorter than imperial <laughs> years. No, uh, that's the birthday. We it was actually the the, the Marine Corps was formed uh, and founded in a bar in South Philly, uh, actually now closer to Center City because it's moved. I love how it's formed in a bar. That is awesome. <laughs> it was formed in a bar, and they needed people stupid enough to jump on British ships with knives and guns and kill them. Which explains why it was formed in a bar. Yeah. Although I'm, I'm not sure the military issue, but I know British soldiers on board Royal Navy vessels were called Marines, weren't they? They, they were the ones who actually jumped on the ships and helped capture the ships. Yeah, you, and, you, you guys use the term as well. Yes. It's basically just that the term is, is used for a soldier who is supposed to be deployed from a boat originally. So are there any celebrations and stuff, or what's the... Oh, there are many. <laughs> are you having I a bounty council i am going to be uh well of, of sorts after we're done with this i'm going to hang out for a little bit and then i'm going down to cookies which is a another bar that is a couple blocks away from here where we have a party every year uh on the 10th of november and the the party I, i'll say this it gets to be so rowdy that the city of Philadelphia for the last 30 or 40 years has decided that it's better to just close the street for 24 hours. So aren't they still counting? Aren't they, aren't they still counting in Philadelphia? Uh, nobody's going to stop this. It's just what it is. Uh, it's, yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be interesting. Um, day, but, uh, heaven help anyone who tries to stop it. Well, there there are normally around thirty or forty cops that are ringing the area because the city has decided that that's necessary. Uh, it, funny enough, what they don't do is screen the cops to see who are Marines. And since it's a voluntary overtime situation, <laughs> they are all Marines, and they're normally 
<laughs> on multiple occasions, they are drunker than us. I've had to drive a few cops. I have literally had to hop into a squad car and drive a couple of cops home. That was like three years ago. Yeah. Uh, classic. So let's move on to um, today's activity in game. So, Ben, you said you were uh, doing Fed Rank. Well, I, I was doing Fed Rank, but I, I'm going to fly over and I'm going to. I'm going to co- come over and land on Kai, I think, for tonight, because that sounds fun. Okay. So I'm going to I'm gonna head over there and wing up with him, and then we'll see what we can see. Oh, can I, uh, can I add uh, a thing that we did last week? Um, w- before, when we were on our, uh, our little jaunt around uh, the coal sack and places, um, my friend in a crate, saw, uh, we, we tried to see how high we could get my SRV, um, and I'm pretty sure we got it to just shy of 30 kilometers above the surface of the planet. Uh, and then I had a connection area, which was really quite annoying because I had intended on going to space. Mm. Wait, were you in the ship? Were you, were you in the SRV? I was in the SRV. Oh, that's a shame because if you'd been in the ship, it would have been really funny. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that would have been good. <laughs> Interestingly enough, Suv, if you manage to get yourself in orbit, don't don't log out. Don't, uh, you know, get rescued right away. Just let yourself float for an hour or two. Go go out and get something to eat, watch a movie, whatever, and come back. Mm. Uh, you will find, because in the statistics in the codex, it will keep track of your total miles driven. <laughs> you, you, can, you can literally become one of the very few that include Alec Turner, whose uh, his mileage is measured in light seconds. <laughs> because presumably it's measured against the surface of the planet that I'm at that point would be orbiting. Well, what it will do, no, it's it, it'll measure you from the location from which you first deployed from your ship. So that will mark your you know birth point for that session, and yeah. then your death point for that session or ending point or whatever, however you want to call it, would be from whenever you either you know, self-destruct or get rescued or whatever. Yeah, but my my question is why would why would the I mean presumably there's there's a positive impact on your miles driven through going up to orbit that is not just vertical. Well like, then you just hit your little boosters and you boost and there's nothing to slow you oh, down. There's oh, no right. gravity. <laughs> so you can you could literally jump from one moon to another if you wanted to wait like a day or two mm. in real time. Yeah, I do want to do it again. I want to do more putting SRVs into space because it was really good fun. Mal for the win once did that where he uh, not Mal for the win, sorry, Malik VR did that where he jumped from a moon, aimed towards a planet, kept boosting for an hour or two, then left, came back the next day to find that he was almost at that other planet. <laughs> Didn't they basically find though at the end of it they just clipped through the planet? I believe so, but that is how yeah. he also. It's still awesome. Got to the I mean, it is amazing, but yeah. that's very cool. But it, it shows us behind the curtain a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. interesting. I don't really. I don't think that that's really on frontier to <laughs> account for that. No, no, no. I, I agree completely. But it is interesting to see. Um, I, I agree with you, but it, it's interesting to um, to see how the galaxy is is rendered Maybe. and served to us. So, who caught the streams last week? The first and the Tuesday one. I caught Thursdays. That was amazing, and I caught parts of today as well. Not me. So, what what amused you about the streams then, Ben? Thursday's stream was brilliant with Alec Turner and 
Is it Commander? I think Commander Black Maze, I think it was. I've got it written in the show notes. Yep. Black Maze um, of the Elite Racers. Yep. Uh, and they did. I think Steven, in fair play to him, did so well that. I mean, you guys have seen Alec Turner and co. on the top of buildings and getting their SRVs into very improbable places, I'm assuming. Uh, I, I'm aware that it can be done. You, you can you can go up a vertical surface, can't you? Yes. Yeah. So, so they were basically teaching Stephen and Arthur how you do that. And it is counterintuitive, it is scary as hell, and it works. And Stephen nailed it. And Arthur got it, but couldn't quite hold it. They both did well, I think. Yeah, for for first first attempts. Yeah, I mean, I think even Alec and Commander Blackmaze were saying it took them the better part of a day to actually get it nailed down. And these guys did it in a about an hour and a half long stream That's with all the cool. pressure of doing the streaming too. I'll have to watch that. It's it, very me, very cool. I would I would suggest when you watch it, Soup, to watch it very very closely because it's even. The, while the the stream itself was good, I, I'm not in any way taking away from that. And 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 Ben is completely right that both uh, Art and and uh, Steven did fantastic at it. More importantly to me, watching that was the fact the crystallization of the moment of of like seeing mm. the chat in that stream. If you go back several months, the chat stream was absolutely full of people shitting on the devs and memeing and lolling and whatever. And there would be for every, like, you know, 95% of the people that were being very, very negative and lol, this game is dead and, oh, these guys suck and whatever. And then five to 8% of the people that were like, Hey, that's cool. That's interesting that we're like earnest and, and there for the presentation. Yeah. I, I noticed from this stream, the vast majority of the people were rooting them on. The, the 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 audience of the stream, the chat comments, which can be quite often, regardless of how good the presentation is going on, an absolute dumpster fire, were more or less vastly positive. And yeah. I, I thought that that was very, very telling of the job that the entire community management team and Frontier as a company have done over the last several months. Do you think that change in attitude is partly due to the CMs, if you like, doing things like this with the community, but also because we're now getting more information and more content and more detail around Odyssey. So it's kind of sparked positivity. All of the above. I, I think part of it... Go ahead. I feel a large part of it is also because the CMs were doing things, and even Alec and Commander Blackmaze were doing things that... 95% of the audience didn't even know it could be done. Hmm. I think it was partially I think it was partially just that. I think it was partially as you suggest Shan that we are in a, an area of the dev cycle that that they're able to share stuff and then part of it is the great work that the team has done. Uh Sue, if you wanted to uh make a comment. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a uh, a sort of a confluence of lots and lots of factors. Um I, I, I think it's a really, really good observation. Observation that the the caliber of tone, the tone of the community's response when they can actually engage with the devs or the CMs directly is is a really, really interesting thing to look at. And and I think what you've observed is really telling and and really interesting. 
Um, and I think that absolutely it's a it, it's a confluence of, of various things. I think one, um, Arthur is the best CM we've ever had easily. Um, and a combination of an imaginative approach to community management, like for example, their Anchorman ripoff, um, and not feeding us bullshit, um, like just frankly telling us when, when and what he can say and, um, and, and treating us as though he takes our concerns seriously. Um, so a combination of that and, and the fact that there is genuinely good news on the horizon, you know, we're two months away from the biggest update the game's ever had. Um, and a third factor that we've just had some really, really cool stuff in terms of the um, uh, the Halloween event, which which involved really cracking writing, um, bespoke new art assets, uh, and some really good puzzles. I think I think I think that all those things together mean that the game is, and 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 from fr- Frontier's perspective, some very high player numbers. I think all of those things together mean that um, from a community point of view, it's probably some of this is probably w- amongst the the best times the game's ever had, really, in terms of. Um, how the community feel towards it. Uh, so leading on the streams, uh, Tuesday streams, uh, Bruce and Stephen did a CG. Who I haven't seen this one yet, but someone made some comments about it again. I was able to catch the end of it uh, where, yeah, Bruce and Stephen were, you know, were basically fighting for things. And I would say the stream that they did today was more like their usual thing, usual, usual ones in terms of tone with the listeners um so much of it was you know, we were yelling at bruce and stevens like Stephen was sort of busy boiling up and like why is my ship overheating why am i overheating and we were all yelling because you got silent running on and he's like why am i overheating what am i going to do and then he died um, <laughs> and bruce equally you know bruce was doing great actually in, in the cg um why am i overheating You've got your silent running on. <laughs> no, I don't, but I am too close to a sun. Or to a star. Uh, Bruce, equally, you know, he was sort of doing some pew-pew in a mamba. And then, you know, he lost his shields, and we were like, no, Bruce, just get away from the get away from the fight, do a reboot repair, you'll be fine. Don't stick with it. But you know, I think I think Bruce kind of got the bloodlust in him. And he was like, I don't care, you're coming down, and I'm taking you bitches with me. Uh, <laughs> So I also read there was a time change for future well, streams because you know they're they're doing you know before it was like hey we've got the lunchtime stream and it was at lunchtime and you know people could actually watch it while they could at least get away with saying I'm having a lunch boss it's all right whereas going off and saying to me boss at three o'clock in the afternoon I'm on my lunch it was like no you're not Ben you're taking the piss. Um, where uh, so they're moving it now to half past four to, I'd imagine half five six o'clock. So it's more at least closer to the end of the evening. Uh, so it's at least after school and things like that. Although oh uh, seven to Commander Mal for the win, by the way, for uh, the accurate description of event of the F Dead streams. Um, what was the description? Oh, uh, Stephen doing this, and then he died. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, poor old Steve. Uh, yeah. Although, although, you said, Shan. Yeah, I was going to say, although with lockdown in the UK and everyone's supposed to be working from home, your lunchtime can be any time you like it to be. You can, but, you know, you still, you know, having, having sort of, you know, I was like, today I, I wasn't able to make most of it because I was in meetings, so I couldn't even get away with having it on in the uh, background. You should, uh, you, you should, you should learn to, uh, 
multitask to be on conference calls yeah. <laughs> and do stuff like that. Anyway, we had some news about um, backwards compatibility with the latest generation of consoles. This is new and exciting news and awesome news and good news. Go on, then. Okay, well, say, does anybody else want to say this? Because it feels like it's the Ben and Shan show at the moment. Um, and if no one else wants to say that, I'm happy to say that, hey, guess what, guys? Elite Dangerous works on the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox One, and it's apparently absolutely awesome. So I know in the show notes, I've got the Xbox Series X. What about yeah. the Series S, which I only it found works, out about the other day? The as well. Yeah, both of them. So both of the next-gen consoles, oh, it works I- on. And... It's seriously speeded up. Uh, Kai. So uh, in addition to, basically it's just a situation that with uh, the the guy who wrote the article for for the Xbox uh, Series X, at least, he is not like where they get those guys from Rock Paper Shotgun on that have not a clue what (laughs) Elite Dangerous is. He is a regular commander that plays daily in his real life, in his personal life. He got a chance because he was a game journalist to get the uh, ahead look on the Xbox Series X, and he said he admitted that he mercilessly used it to gleefully play with uh, Elite Dangerous. And when he did, he found that the solid state drive, uh, all of the other factors of improvement in the tech, made it such that he was playing in 4K amazingly. He was super super thrilled. And just as a note, this is just with the tech upgrade, it's going to be even better down the line. There's no optimization for this. So, so have we? Ha, so, a quick question then. So, have they confirmed whether or not we will be able to transfer commanders over? So, if you've been currently playing on the PS4 and Xbox, will your commander be nice and safe on those on the new consoles, or will you have to start again? You don't have to transfer anything over. You just log in. It's backwards compatible. You you just you log in log in as Shan and you're there, just like I could sit on your PC, Shan. Log in as me, and I'm 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 me on your PC. Well, if you ever come and visit, you're welcome to log on to your account on my PC, Ben, and I'm sure I'll have some fun with it. Yeah, and I'm sure I'll log off afterwards. Anyway, so um, other carryings on in game. Um, Hadrian Duval apparently is seeking to rejoin the Empire. Or reintegrate. Anyone know anything about that? So, does somebody else want to take it? Take it. Basically, this is a situation of Hadrian is urging conciliation within the Empire, urging for the Empire to not be so aggressive towards all of the Marlinists, but rather the terrorist Neo Marlinists as a separate entity from the peaceful. Marlinus. So this sounds like space life of Brian, doesn't it? Well, not only is it, he's a very naughty boy. <laughs> not, not only the people's it, front of Marlinists and the <laughs> Marlinist people's front. <laughs> so not only is it interesting on its face, but it also I think speaks to potentially a, a, a development within that character's narrative in that. Hadrian has always been the let's make the empire great again, you know, very much like let's jump back 500 years and let's be more hardline, more conservative, more old school. And then he was uh, had an attempted murder in which he was in a coma or in ICU. He was in very bad shape. 
And and the people's princess, the lovely blue-haired girl, went over and gave him medicines and gave him treatment. And she's known for being very sort of very uh, progressive and very groovy and very chill and very let's be nice to everybody. And all of a sudden, he comes out of his medical whatever, and he's saying, hey, let's all just chill out a little bit. And I think that's kind of interesting, and we'll see where the story goes. You think she's gone and drugged him up or something? I don't think she's drugged him up. I think that... It's it's very much a, a Ebenezer Scrooge sort of moment of mm-hmm. he's had a brush with death. He came out of it. He looked around at who who had his back, and he found this this very sort of lovely, happy, progressive hippie chick, and was like, "Yeah, man, let's give peace a chance. Maybe or maybe not. Who knows? We'll have to see where the story goes." Interesting. And uh, the, the next um, happening is a uh, ghost ship. Leading Alliance to new resources. You, you mentioned this earlier. Uh, I think it was you, Kai, talked about there was an Alliance ghost ship jumped into the. Yeah, there is that. So the there is an Alliance. It's not a ghost ship. There's an Alliance mega ship that is investigating. Just as all of us commanders filed out at the end of the week to get back to what the new uh, hotness was, uh, the Alliance. Uh, sent a mega ship into the coal sector to start investigating the Atom Master for itself. And again, I think it's very telling. The Federation storyline of this new sort of uh, uh, renaissance of story of Elite Dangerous is the Federation storyline is hey, man, the president whacked the, or tried to whack the previous president through his buddy, and now everybody's kind of grumble, grumble, grumble at him. The Federate, the, the, the Empire storyline is you know, Marlinists and, and, and Duvals and what's going on NMLA versus Marlinists and yada, all that. And the, but, but very quietly on the side, the Alliance storyline, which hasn't got a lot of interest from people, but is definitely there is there's stuff going on between them and the Thargoids. Um, the one, the, the big anti-Thargoid storyline that happened that one, you know, that, that the, the, the Thargoid CG, from a couple of weeks back from Halloween ish or before Halloween was um, you know, that was in the witch head nebula and that was all Alliance bases that the Thargoids were massively attacking. And now what we see as we, we see that there is a mystery with potential ties to the Thargoids. We're seeing, you know, that the, the, the Alliance is rushing in quietly in the background to start sniffing around. So again, we'll have to see where it goes. Now there was a article also in PC gamer, um about odyssey combat but i think we'll look at that article maybe in our main discussion i think because that we that's quite meaty reading through that and we can we can maybe uh discuss that a, a little bit deeper um so the in-game events we've had this week um apparently we've nearly solved the halloween code uh, um because it was a announcement earlier on that said We've actually discovered everything is going to see, but now it seems there's extra stuff that has that has appeared. Um, so, how far are we through solving this all? Do we think, uh, Kai? You seem to be best placed for this. I, I I thought everything had been solved, but you said there's a new base that's been found. No, uh, yeah, everything is. I, I I believe everything has been solved. There is. Some question there because the the final decoding of the listening post message, which was the major sticking point sort of left to solve, that has some throwaway text that I honestly believe 
like 80 to 90% of that text was throwaway. I believe that there could be something else in there, but I, I, I wouldn't definitively say that there is. So I think you're, you're fairly safe saying that the whole thing has been solved. This uh, new Frontier, position, Frontier have also said that everything for the Halloween stuff has been discovered, I believe. They've said that all of the assets yeah. in-game have been discovered. Interestingly, uh, this this other location, this isn't necessarily in any way tied to that. This is just a new discovery that was just so made. What, so what led you to this discovery out of interest? So, so I will share it with you so that we can share it in the chat with people. There is a Reddit thread of a guy saying, hey, I found this new thing and it's crazy and interesting oh, and weird. Oh no, so you don't, this couldn't be a bit like uh, Jack's could it, where somebody's found something before they're meant to. I mean, I don't know. There is the link in the chat right there for you, and I'll post the link in the stream chat as well on Twitch for people. Mm -hmm. um, there it is. Uh, oh, I think Wotherspoon literally just posted it. Yeah, so this is just a new thing that I'm looking at for, for covering this week on Elite Week, and just came here to check it out. There's a ground base. There are no... Uh, I don't think that this is actually tied to the Halloween event because there's no voice-acted logs for for this this is I, I just think, i think we're verging a bit on spoilers here kai okay well. i think if, if just to kind of just to kind of like so we don't give everything away and uh, and, and stuff like that i think so before we move on to our main topic uh, we'll have a, a couple of adverts i think and uh, then we'll come back in uh, just after these messages have you been missold ppi Python Protection Insurance was missold if you didn't want it, ask for it, or need it. I was missold Python Protection Insurance and I got a claim worth 3,000 credits. At Cowell McGrath, we are ready to pursue claims for pilots who were sold PPI, even though they didn't have an escape pod. When my partnership was destroyed, the insurance became invalid. I settled out of court for enough credits to restart my narcotics and weapons shipping business. Millions have been missold Python protection insurance they can never claim, simply because they don't have an escape pod. Why should you pay for not reading the small print? My husband was missold PPI. As a result of our claim, we now own Jupiter. Carolyn McGrath, turning your carelessness into profitable lawsuits. Hey, buddy, why the long face? Exploring is boring. What? What makes you say so? Because I have to scoop for fuel at every single store. And then the voices I hear in the store tell me to... Whoa, sounds like you've got a case of space madness. What you really need is really big gas tank. What? With really big gas tank, you'll be sailing the Milky Way in style and comfort. No more hanging out at every stupid store just to refuel. It's as easy as honk and go. Gotta get to Beagle Point for a romantic interlude? Just honk and go. Want to be the buckiest ball in the galaxy? Just honk and go. And if you fill your really big gas tank with patented Jumbonium 5000, you can honk and go, go, go. Gee, thanks, mister. No, thank you. Really big gas tank. Because why wait when you can hung and go? Japanese 5000 has been known to cause extra arm growth, outdoor mayonnaise, tripism, and spontaneous target face. He's only a drug. Welcome back. Um, before we move on, there's a couple of pieces of very sad news we've had 
uh, in the elite community this week. Ben, do you want to deal with this? Okay, well, I'll, I'll I'll do one of them then. So, yeah. So, as Chan said, there's some very very sad news. A good friend of mine and of the show and of the Hutton Truckers and of anyone who's been to LaveCon, uh, I'm sure you will. You know, I'm sure many people will remember Commander Penfold. Well, unfortunately, he uh, sailed beyond the veil on the 8th of November. That was Sunday. Um, he's been fighting cancer and kicking its ass, but sadly went off and caught COVID-19. Um, many of the Lave Radio crew knew Penfold from the Kickstarter days, and he's also a regular LaveCon and ECM. Uh, he, he's absolutely gentle gentleman. I mean, he, he, he was called Penfold for a reason, because he, he literally was Penfold. You're a little quiet, a little shell, a little quiet, a little shy, but when you got to know him properly, he was charming. He was a charming, warm little hamster, basically. He was lovely. Um, and just a lovely, lovely human being. Um, yeah, it's it sucks to lose Penfold, especially, you know, while he's basically kicking cancer's ass and then COVID came around and snuck snuck in and got him, unfortunately. Uh, his family's obviously supporting him everywhere, and I'm sure all the all the listeners to the show, all the crew, um, everyone who everyone who's met him basically sends Spenfold's family their love um, and heartfelt commiserations and things like that. And you know we're all going to miss him. Uh, we've lost an amazing human being and a very very you know, lovely guy and a dear friend. Unfortunately, okay. And um, Souverine, you said you. You've got something to announce as well, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so the um, there's a, a a friend of mine is a member of a uh, a player group called um, the Balkan Intergalactic Gorilla, um, and um, one of his wingmates and uh, and close friends, uh, Commander Operator eighty three, uh, passed away um, last month um, from uh, uh, I, I think he lost his battle with cancer. Um, and uh, those guys have been working on a, a suitable uh, memorial send-off, and um, and have prepared a little statement which they've asked me to read on the show, um, which I'll read now. We are sad to announce that we lost a dear friend and fellow ED commander, thirty-seven-year-old Commander Operator eighty-three, known as Zoka. Zoka was one of the original members of the BIG or Balkan Intergalactic Guerrilla. He was a proud imperial warrior who answered the first call to mobilization and volunteered to defend our home system, Rudyard Boscovich, against aggression by federal groups in the year 3300. Having proved himself as a very capable combat pilot, he was selected to represent Team BIG in seasons 1 and 2 of the prestigious ED PVP League in 3301. His finest hour came in a famous tiebreaker victory when he helped our team to secure a third place in the galaxy. Following the victory he was promoted to the rank of voivoda or duke the highest honor bestowed by the big he went on to share his enormous experience with new members as a flight instructor and mentor zoka also proved to be an excellent srv driver and climber in 3302 he answered humanity's call to defend against the growing thargoid threat in the frontline systems around asteropi finally the season veteran decided to seek solitude and fulfill his lifelong longing for exploration by setting out with the Distant Worlds 2 expedition in 3304. He answered the call of the Black, and the Black finally took him on October 24th this year. His 
Roaring laughter in the face of danger and most difficult of times kept our group together and our spirits up. It will sadly be missed by all of us. After much searching, we managed to locate Zoka's crate phantom, the ISS Millennium Falcon, in a far corner of the galaxy. Through great effort, we have managed to return it to Rudger Boscovich state uh, system, where it will be displayed in his memory. We invite all commanders who would like to come and pay their respects to join us on November the 14th on the fleet carrier Operator 83, 83 Memorial in the Rudger Boscovich system, starting at 8 p.m. UTC, or game time, in open. Um, you can fly past his ship and the Guard of Honor and fire chaff as a final salute to a beloved member of their community during this time. Thank you, Sue. Um, we're just going to have a quick minute silence for these fallen commanders. Uh, we don't often do this in late radio, but it seems particularly poignant today. So um, we, we're just going to have a quiet minute and then we'll be back afterwards. So um, start now. Thank you, everyone, and uh, they will be missed. So now we'll uh, go on to our main topic, um, which we've got two today. So we'll, we'll start off um, with the PC Gamer article uh, regarding Odyssey. And there's a few more, I won't say news, it's confirmatory, I think, information. So it's stuff we've we thought was going to be that way, but they've now pretty much confirmed it's going to be like that. So who has read the article and uh, what are your key points people got from it? Not me, and I have no idea. <laughs> okay, I, I have read the article. Um, as you say, yeah, there's there's not a heck of a lot of new, new information. Uh, we do learn some things. For example, you know, we get a suit name... Uh, which I think is the was the I think it's the Vanguard suit, which I'm I think that will be presumably that's the heavy suit and better suited for combat. It's tactical, isn't it? Well, the tactical. That's a paint job name, isn't it? Oh, maybe. Um, could could well be paint job. Um, it's tactical. The, it, okay. Why did I, why was I thinking Vanguard? Is this uh, is this article only in the print version? You can't get it on the on the internet. It's only in print so, at the moment. Yes. So whack a print well, exclusive. Hold on, hold on. The article is only in print at the moment because the article doesn't get posted for another two days. The reason why some people already have it is because subscribers get it mailed like a week early. Rad. So you can full. Fully expect to see it. I would expect. I, I don't work for PC Gamer, but I would expect that when the article goes live on Thursday, you will be able to find yeah, it. Are we, so, are we being naughty then by discussing it? 
No, because it's been posted publicly. And I've spoken with Frontier directly, and they've said, yeah, uh, since you showed us a copy of it on Nimgur, I guess it's public knowledge. You're free to comment no. at whatever you like. No, the, the news is out there. Um, PC, people, subscribers to PC Gamer have got all this information. It's just you can't buy it on the newspaper stands yet. And lovely, lovely Commander has shared that with us. And I'll get it. Do you know his name offhand, Kai, or are you a bit quicker than me and getting it looked up? I'm, um, I, I did have it and I've lost it. So uh, I'm, I'm looking at the article right now. It um, was posted I mean, uh, by Commander Dimber. Um, I was actually I was talking to Dimber earlier because um, uh, just basically to thank him and make you know, but yeah, thanking him and sort of saying you know this is awesome, this is great. Um, and by the way, you're missing page forty-seven, which is an ad. Uh, no, it's not. Okay. There's a. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it's you guys sound like a married couple. I enjoy this. Let me just um I've I'm gonna have to alt tab out the game now. So we so the article talked yeah. about um a, a mission scenario where you find the abandoned settlement that's already been taken over by raiders and presumably need to then claim it back. Ooh, fun. Uh, so to to clarify, it talks about where you accept a mission to bring a settlement back online and you show up there and look around and you're like, what the hell? There's no, like, there's nobody to fight. There's no whatever, but everything's turned off. And then only when you turn the power on raiders start waves of raiders start coming out of nowhere and you have to deal with them or sneak away or do something in some, you have to, you know, address it one of many different manners, some of which are more tactical and some of which are more assault. So do we know if this, mission is persistent for example let's say okay you and i don't know one of your mates come along put this settlement online and free it from the raiders and stuff is that settlement then free for anyone else who comes along or is it reset the next time we log in and log out good question my gut call is it's going to be the settlement will always be there but might be because these are proper settlements aren't they they well, are. So I guess settlements might be persistent, um, but I'd imagine other things, for example, like this, like where you're going off and doing a base assault where it's like, turn the base on. I wouldn't be surprised if that's a bit like, you know how we've got the, please scan this this place, and we go in the planet and we zoom in and we zoom in and zoom in, and then we find out the planet's basically generated a little base for us. And it's there, and you could come along and see it too. But then once I've gone, and if you've gone as well, then it'll vanish. Right, because I get people drinking now that, uh, and most Sue has seen this because he's played it a bit as well, but in Guild Wars 2, there's a similar mechanic where you, you're exploring around the, the countryside and you see a, a settlement that's under attack by centaurs, I think it is. And you then have to along with whoever else is in the area and who wants to, then just join in and repel the assault. Or if it fails, they will come and trash the settlement. But then, until you've done various missions and activities to rebuild it, anyone who comes along will then find that settlement trashed. So that gives a more persistent view and consequence of what you do. Having it just reset on logout or flipping to solo to private group or open I'll be interested to see how that works. 
tell you what, there's a lot of just 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 looking at the uh, just looking at the captions and the pull quotes. There is a lot of new information in this article, um, particularly screenshots. It's it's brilliant, actually. I, I, I'm, lovely, I'm really there excited. There is lovely new screenshots, and I really I can't wait to be able to see them properly and in depth. Screenshot. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, that's quite heartening. Uh, there's there's just a lot of information covered in this. There is, uh, n- for number one, they give information with regard to the tactical suit that in addition to having uh, heavier armor and being sort of more uh, geared uh, towards towards that, there is, in fact, the information that having the tactical armor allows for an extra weapon to be carried. If you're not wearing the tactical armor, you're limited. You have one less weapon that you can carry. That's cool. They talk about the types of weapons in that uh, beam like laser weapons will be better just as better, against shields. better at against taking out shields whereas your kinetic weapons are going to be better at you know uh taking out armor you have uh also the well, fact that surprised me actually before you move on they also mentioned if i remember that that, that kinetic weapons are better at taking out other commanders well or other like killing the human being as well so it takes out your, your, the armor you're wearing, and it's also good at taking out the person too. Well, presumably there are shields, and then there is armor, and then that's it. Like, I wouldn't have thought there. Are, I wouldn't have thought players have three health bars. If you see what I mean. It sounds like we've got shields, armor, and and us. Mm, yeah. Okay. So you have your shield health, you have your armor health, and then you have your, like, literally, you know, you've been damaged in some You've been shot in the face with a beam laser. You're going to die. So, nice. Is, do we are, have location damage? Uh, that wasn't clarified. No. What we, do, what we do know, though, is that in addition to... So, so they said specifically, there's sort of the two ends of the spectrum when it comes to FPS style. You've got your armor, which is very, very chunky, very meaty, very, very in-depth tactical. And then you've got other games on the other end of the spectrum that are much more sort of along the scale of arcadey. More, you know, I mean, at the far end, you've got stuff like uh, what is that? Uh, it's the one that they Fortnite that the kids play, whatever. It's so you've got all of that, and they they're going for something in the middle, but sort of leaning towards the side away from uh, sort of arcadey version. Um, they talk about the fact that the different weapon size or styles have different weights to them. So when you pull a rifle, you're going to be slower on the draw than when you pull a pistol. When you look down sight on a rifle, it's going to be a different experience orienting than it is going to be with a pistol, depending on the ranges that you're dealing with and whatnot. Obviously, a rifle is more suited to longer range. A pistol is more suited to CQB. So with uh, sorry, uh, so with the when talking about item weight and things like that, does that then imply we'll be playing inventory Tetris? Not, not so stuff. much inventory Tetris. Specif- specifically, when they tell you that you're limited on the number of weapons, it's not going to be like Call of Duty where you've got ninety different guns on you and you cycle through them and then you say, "Okay, I'm good to go." It's more along the lines of keeping in mind how you're going to be able to react to things, I think, in different situations. So it's like where the tactical part comes in, do you think? Yeah, I mean... They talk about being a tactical shooter. I mean, obviously, you had this in real life. and um, For me, a tactical shooter can be like it's a squad-based game like XCOM or something like that, or you have tactical means I can hide behind things and I won't get shot. 
I mean, there's uh, lots of different. Go ahead. Ta tactical, real-time tactics as a as a turn-based thing. Yeah, that's a, that 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 is a clearly defined genre of video game. But I, I definitely don't think it's what they mean here. I mean, the reality of just the way that actual combat works is, if I'm walking down the street looking to clear a street, I'm definitely going to want to have a rifle with me. I'm going to have I want to have a a, a a sort of a larger gun because it's more useful. If for some reason I have I hear something in the middle of the night and I'm sweeping my house looking to, you know, drop anybody that's not welcome, I'm going to grab my pistol because that's easier, like that works better in close quarters. And and <laughs> the, what? <laughs> just the things that British people don't say. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just the truth. So the fact of the matter is, is the fact that they're putting that kind of thought into this game shows it's not arcadey. It is more like what you would realistically do. Yeah, no, I, 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 I get that. I fully, I fully support that. I just, I just feel like British people, whereas, whereas Americans will be stalking around their house late at night with their pistol drawn, wait, waiting to drop an intruder, British people will be like, oh, I'll get the poker and then I'll call the police because I'm a little bit scared. Mm. <laughs> I was just thinking that, Sue, but I, I, I just wonder if the... Um, if the organization you'll use to get your firearms from will be called the NRA or something. You know? <laughs> so there, in addition to that one aspect of the game, um, there are, there's very many other interesting things in this article. For instance, this article specifically states, and I'm going to quote, this is from the page where the, the guys are sitting at the bar and you see the thing where we're not taking anything away from Elite Dangerous Horizons as it currently stands. There is a, a line that it says, "It uh, let's see here. Uh, we are also facilitating physical multi. What does that here. mean? So if you are part, if you are well, let Sorry. me finish. <laughs> if you were a part of someone's wing, you will be able to board their <laughs> ship if they allow you to, and they can fly you from one location to another. <laughs> so that that to me is one of the biggest things that I took away from this entire article, which is." Yes, what you have in, in Star Citizen and what many people have been clamoring for in Elite is confirmed to be there. No, it's completely different. It, well, in, in Star Citizen, the, the ships are physical places that are subject to the same laws as the rest of the as, of the play space. And if you put somebody in your ship, then they can stand in it. They, they can walk around it while you're flying. We're not getting that in Odyssey. What will happen sure. is, what this announcement is, well, it's not really an announcement, but it is, they're basically saying that they're merging wings and multi-crew. And if you get in, if, you're, if your wingmate presses X next to your ship, then they will materialize in the seat next so, to you. You can fly question. them somewhere. Which is great, but it's definitely not the same as, I, it's, I it's not comparable with Star Citizen. I so question, sorry. So, so question regarding that then. So let's say um, Ben and Sue board my ship on the book. Oh, <laughs> I mean, this hang on a minute. Just before you jump the conclusion. Sure, sure. How are you going to yeah. murder them? No, 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 no. I'll tell I my family where gone, I haven't even gone there yet. Um, I was going to say, if they are they then stuck on my ship until I dock and they can get out or I land them on a planet? Or can they log out? You know how, you know how, like, how we can log out in standard Elite Classic and, be, and end up on our ship? When we're on SRV, can they choose to like reappear back on their ship regardless of where they are with mine? No, because they're I, physically on your ship. This is not right. So I can count them around wherever I like. Well, and yeah, so you land. In which case, they're free to get out just like anybody else is. 
you, you can't hold them. We're not, we're not offering you the ability to kidnap your friends. And I'm shocked that we need to say this to anyone, but it's Shan. So yeah. Um, no, but you say we, we, when you land, they get out. Yeah. But what if I don't land? What if I go to circumnavigate the galaxy? Then they're going along on the ride with you, I suppose. Interesting. Whilst I would <laughs> like that to be the case, Kai, I would not. I, 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 in no many ways I would actually. Uh, I think Frontier will say you have the option to jump back to your ship at any time by doing an EVA or something. I don't know. Well, actually, what what you can do now here's here's how it would work. It would use the same mechanics as a Remlock suit, you know, because when you blow up, blow up, you appear back at the station. No, you appear back at the station, don't you? Yeah. So what you what that could be like is Ben and Sue are on my ship. They want to get out, so I space them, put shove, shove them out the airlock in their Remlocks, and they then appear back at base after drifting around. Presumably, presumably, Frontier would have to have some mechanism for dealing with that, and I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they'll probably nickname it the Shan Maneuver. <laughs> pilots from no, I mean, so look, let's let's take the troll out of it and just deal with it as an aspect of actual logistics that you have to look at. Let's say I go to hang out with my good buddy Ben. And Ben is like, yeah, absolutely. We're going to go exploring whatever. Here, hop on, bud. And then we fly off. And then Ben gets a phone call that says, oh, holy shit, you're – I don't know. See, I, I I'm gonna go now. Let's, do Let's do it the other way. Let's say Ben follows with me because then I don't feel guilty <laughs> saying this. And then I get a phone call saying my grandpa died. And I'm like, oh, shit, got to go, Ben. And I log out. Now ben is stuck on my thing. And if I hop on a plane and fly back to Texas for a week to deal with the funeral and all that stuff – Ben can't play the game. So taking the troll out of it, yes, there has to be some mechanism for legitimate, random, odd occurrences of someone got stranded on someone else's ship that they have to deal with. And I still think they'll call it the Shan Maneuver. I, I, the reason why I'm saying it like this is I'm pushing it to a logical extreme to demonstrate the point. Uh, of course, I would never kidnap anyone and circumnate the galaxy <laughs> at all. Of course not. What, what I was... Also, going to ask though is what do we think the reward mechanics are going to be for? Let's say I do go exploring. Let's say um, Ben says, "Oh, I've never been to Beagle Point, or I've never been to this Newton Star, or whatever it is." And I go, "Okay, Ben, come with me. We'll go do some exploring, and then I'll take you back home." Promise. Um, does how does the reward mechanic work? Because I, obviously, I get credits because I've scanned the I've scanned the systems and use the FFS scanner and all that kind of stuff. Does does Ben then get the rewards for that as well? How does it work? Or, or is it down to the pilot, i.e. the commander, i.e. me, to decide how much reward Ben should get? Look at it right now. It are, we already have multi-crew, and in multi-crew now, the both parties get a portion, get, you know, get the I think they get the full reward both parties get, but yeah, in multi-crew we both get full, but it's in combat it's they get a portion, don't they? Well, it's like if 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 I'm elite and Kai's elite, we both get the same. If I'm elite and Kai's a noob, I get more than Kai. And if Kai's elite and I'm a noob, then Kai gets more than me. But I, I, I don't think that this this article pointing to the fact that you can physically have people in your ship, I don't think this in any way changes that mechanism. I think that mechanism is still in place. The one thing that this this changes is 
that and, and I challenged Souverine's statement earlier. I don't think that you're going to magically appear. I I honestly believe you're going to walk up the little ramp and it's going to have at the top of it there's a door when you open it that's the door that's in the back of your cockpit for all of the different ships. So I think that what you're going to end up with is a situation of yes, the other guy could get up and walk around in that cockpit area. I don't think they're going to render the rest of the ships at I think I think you'll just appear in the seat next door. Okay. But I mean, they, they have the said same... that they're not doing ship interiors. No, they have. Well, yes, they've said they're not going to have the full ship interior, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the cockpit area that is already rendered on every last ship won't be available. I, I, I agree with that, and we, we've 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 covered this in a previous show. We have talked about this, and we and we just and we we all agreed that as a as a halfway house, letting us walk around letting us walk around the bridge slash cockpits, which already exist and are already made, would be uh, would make sense. And then have the door at the back of the ship as like a disguised loading screen to uh, to get to the surface. What, um, okay, but I, 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 it would surprise me if that was what they did because they have... They've been keen to manage our expectations in regard as in regards to what we get from ship interiors. If it, if it was me and everybody was saying, where are the ship interiors? I would have said something like, don't worry, there will be an element of interacting with the interior of your ship. We're not doing the full, we're not doing all of it in in Odyssey, but uh, but don't worry, there will be a bit, rather than they're just not happening. Keep in <laughs> mind, until a month ago, Suv, they said there would be no VR for Odyssey. And then they updated it today. Oh, by the way, for all of the seated bits, there will be. Uh, yeah, but they, they did say that they would look at that. They've never said that they would revisit the ship interiors thing. I mean, I mean, I, I, I like your honesty, and I hope. I, sorry, I like your optimism, and I hope you're right. I was going to ask another couple of questions um, around this mechanic. Then, so let's say, for example, I I have two crew members, or I have three crew members on my ship. And they're already in place. So I've got them part in the SRV and et cetera. Does that mean if you join the ship, I get to assign you the dark cupboard under the stairs where you don't have to sit because my crew's doing it? Are you or does, I don't know, I'm just, just speculating. The, the other thought I have um, regarding that, though, <coughs> is, is what happens then? Um, can I assign you jobs? For example, can I say, okay, Ben, okay, Ben, you're a reasonable pilot. I'll send you out in my ship launch fighter so you can act as uh, an aggro magnet for whatever is on shooting. Is that how it will work? Will I be able? Will you be able to take control of part of my ships? And related to that, one of the issues they had very early on with multi-crew was instancing and holding a stable connection and things like that. So, do we think they're confident enough? not to have similar issues with physical multi-crew as they had with this, because instancing is still an issue. Really good question. Anyway, let's move on to a different part of the article, I think, where we uh, where we talked about. So we talked about missions, we've talked about the physical multi-crew, um, and we touched a little bit on the tactical side. One of the screenshots, it shows like a bar scene where you go and get missions and things like that. So do we think that will be like a like a scene in MMO where you have like question marks above their head? Will they be for better for like a role playing place? Or can, like say if I get if I get a mission to take Ben to Beagle Point, 
Can I then go, hey, Sue, I've, I've got a bend in my cargo bay. Do you fancy earning some money and taking it into Beagle Point? Could I then give that mission to you, Sue, do you think? Uh, I doubt it. Trolling, trolling aside, I think that your observation is very astute, Shan. They showed under that paint job, and then they have the four panels, number one was Spacebar. And this is the first time we've seen it explicitly stated that this would be a good place to go and accept missions. Um, it has been a question all along, like, okay, the bar is a big area and it's cool, but like, okay, what's the point? What, like, what will it do? And there has been much speculation of, yeah, that's where you're going to go and get sort of CD missions, or that's where you're going to go and make contact with a fence, you know, black market or something. But like, this is specifically saying like, that's a position, that's a place where you go to get missions. And then in the security room, there's another where it says the security office is one of the galaxies, many in one of the galaxies, many starports in a populated area of space compared to the settlements, law and order reign supreme here. I think that's their nod towards saying like, you can whip out your gun and start going, you know, postal in a settlement. Those areas are sort of designated as player combat ready areas but maybe not so much in the starports and in the, those are so, like... So with the space bar then, sorry to come across you, with the space bar and security room, do we see them replacing the uh, interstellar factions? And you know how you go to the black market, don't you, in the, in the starport services screen, and you, you get the stuff through there. Do you think that the space bar and security room will replace those items in, this, in, in the menu? No. Or do you think we'll we'll have both? No, they've already explained. It's not what I think. It's what I know. They've already explicitly stated in previous uh, dev diary, we are not removing the mission board. You can still access the board just right now. When you go into a station, you can still access all of those menus. We're not taking anything away. We're just adding another layer that you can choose to engage in. Nothing's going away. They say it explicitly in the previous dev diary. They say it explicitly in the part that I just read out a couple minutes ago in this article. I guess that makes sense if you haven't got Odyssey, because how else then would you would you turn them in? The question then I have is, if you can do everything from the main menu that you can in the space bar in the security room, why would I waste the time walking across? They, uh, so you think Odyssey only missions? You think you think only missions will come from the space bar and security rooms? I don't think it. They've said it explicitly. Yeah. yeah Everything yeah. you can do right now, you will do from the menu, so you'll still have access to that. But there will be some additional content that is put only into that new stuff that you can only access in the new way. We, we've said this before. Uh, we, we, when we've talked about how Odyssey will work, we've, we've often we've often agreed that the most sensible way of doing it would be to leave the existing station services menu exactly as it is, and just have the have the missions and the content which are specific to Odyssey be um, necessitate you to disembark from your ship. And Frontier has already explicitly stated that that is absolutely correct. Ben, sorry. Well, I'm just wondering, I mean, do we want... I, I completely agree, obviously, all, all existing elite things as they are and not changing anything, not taking anything away, that's obviously... And I also completely agree that some missions and some Odyssey things 
definitely you go up to some dodgy geezer around the back and you can you, you could only get that mission from him but i i wonder if there might be other cases where i can get odyssey content from my ship uh you know if i can't be asked spending 10 minutes walking to the to the foot only mission giver i can jump onto the mission board on my ship and I could do like a standard mission up from my ship, but you know, for example, I can't go and negotiate the prices, or I can't maybe find the extra juicier missions. Uh, but I could still go off and get something that says, "Hey Ben, we want you to go and have a look at this settlement for us, please. Thank you very much." Okay, so the article then talks about um, peaceful, i.e., stealth, non-combat activity. And obviously, we, we we know about the Dyson multi-tool, um, but what else do we think will form part of this non-combat mechanic? So what does the article say? It is important to note from the article that they do state that one issue of the tactical suit is that you will be able to have an additional weapon, but that you will be further limited in the number of, quote, tools that you can carry so you wouldn't say that if the only tool was the dyson so Ooh, that's could, good yeah there could be potentially either a some form of similar scanning mechanism for fauna b some sort of a multi-tool for mining or uh, if that's a thing on foot and or for uh, what do you call it uh, uh, scavenging we know already that there's some form of locks which would require either some form of lockpick, crowbar, and or other lock uh, uh, avoidance or lock, uh, uh, you know, negating tools. But there, there's there's other tools. They've said it explicitly. We just don't know what they are yet. Um, Dionysus Symbian in uh, Twitch has asked a good question. Um, do we think there'll be mission sharing? In terms of, let's say, Ben picks up a mission to, I don't know, infiltrate the space bar, do I then have the opportunity to do that same mission? And subsequently, I think I kind of know where he's going. If there are multi-part missions and Ben up, has a mission update, do I, and I'm with him, do I then get that mission update or do we have to go back and I do it as well? I would assume that they work exactly like this mission sharing that we have now is some missions are solo only, some missions are shareable, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so if one person achieves a mission, everyone does it, whether or not they've actually done anything or not. I mean, I don't see any reason for them to iterate on how they do that. that. Yeah, I, I imagine it'll be the same as it is now, which is that as long as you've shared it with somebody, they'll get the payout even if they haven't contributed. Interesting. Because in some MMOs, you get you like you know, I think it's in War, World of Warcraft. You get a quest. I don't know, kill ten rats, and if you team up with someone, they have to kill ten rats as well. They don't get your reward just because you killed ten rats. They have to do it as well. Uh, I, th that's not the way that Elite works, and I can't see. I, I don't. I don't know why they would change it for Odyssey. Agreed. We have to bear in mind that Elite has special wing missions, though, as well. Yeah. So, That's true. You can't share all missions. That's a good yeah, point. Yeah, you can only share, share the wing things. So it could be that you know, maybe if we get something where it's like kill a hundred insurgents, 
then you could kill all the hundred insurgents and I could sit back in your bar knocking back martinis and I'll still get the credit for it. Those damn insurgents. I know. I'll tell you what, I'm super excited by uh, what Kai said earlier about his, his theory about ship interiors. Like, God, that would be so good. I've kind of, I, I've, I've kind of inured myself to the, to the likelihood that it'll be nothing and it'll just be hold F next to your ship and materialize in your cockpit. Or some bullshit. Um, and um, the, the 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 idea of being able to scamper around your bridge is uh, flipping awesome. Actually, it's got me really excited. In Dev Diary Two, there was a, a point in the accompanying stream where Art specifically said that in the the hangar area of the settlements, you will be able to walk around the outside of your ship and get like really great views of it, etc. And then he said, and you will seamlessly transition into the ship now if you're in a position where you are outside of your ship and then you press f to pay respects and board your ship then that's a very obvious thing i think what they're going to have there yes let's be honest we're not children they're going to have a, a a load screen in there but i think it's going to be hidden by the fact that it's as you walk up your steps hit to that door you open the door it takes you to like a little elevator that goes eight feet straight up and then that door opens and you're in your cockpit, I think that's going to be the hidden load screen. Seamless? Yes, in that you don't notice it. No, if you really know what you're looking for. Which well, we well, yes. What we, I don't know if you've ever played X4, but what we talked about when we covered this in the show in the past, we, we, we said that um, the way that X4 works is that all the ships have a cockpit or a bridge that you can walk around. You can't explore the rest of the ships, even the very large ones. Um, and what happens is you go up a short ramp and then there's an elevator door and you press and you open the elevator, step inside it. Uh, there's a whooshing sound and then the door opens and you're at the cockpit. And mm-hmm. what it is, is a, is a disguised loading screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it feels seamless because it uh, there is the it, the game uses sound and visuals to give you the impression of, of transitioning. Um, if they did that for Elite, that would be absolutely brilliant. That would be really, really good. Uh, I'm not sure that they've said anything. Seamless is a marketing word usually, um, yes. rather than a technical description. And um, uh, I, I, you know, arguably, um, I, I guess in my head, I've kind of been preparing for boarding the ships to be like getting in the SRV, basically a fade to black. Um, if if what you say is true, and that they use the uh, the door at the top of the steps as like a um, to, to connect or to, to to connect via a short elevator sequence to the door at the back of the cockpit, that would be really awesome and uh, make a lot of commanders really really happy. I 100% agree. So, what else in the article has kind of took your uh, fancy? I mean, there's just lots of stuff in there that's that's great. They talk about uh, interaction in starports. They talk about if you have situations with um, where like you're having, let's say you go to take that mission where you go to uh, what do you call it? Um, restart the settlement. And then you're getting like swamped. You can call in a friend on a ship who would then from the ship, start lighting stuff up. Um, there's, there's, there's just lots of stuff in here that, that lead to interesting possibilities. One of the things I did see, and I've forgotten which part of the article it is, but it talks about it being possible to shoot commanders from ships. Yeah, that's what the part that I just talked about. Yeah, I was just because we, we well, I know we had a discussion about this, uh, you know, about the logistics of hitting someone from uh, from space with a ship. 
And I wonder if you could, because you know how you can crash into the surface? You've got enough shields on your ship, can't you? You can just go bash. I wonder if you could, like, squish people. Yeah, that's interesting. I have no idea. Because would that then be classed as a murder mm. in the in the combat system? Because you're, because you're not actually shooting them, are you? You're just squishing Technically, them. Technically, if they followed the sort of broken existing rules in, in Elite Dangerous as it stands now, then no, that wouldn't be classified as an assault, but rather really bad driving. It's so weird that, like, I, I just took a mission for the Dark Wheel yesterday, and I was explaining it to someone else who they took a mission, and it was, hey, go disarm the the go take out these uh, the mega ship the the power supply on the mega ship turrets, you know, to go 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 disarm those turrets. And what he did was go scan it and start shooting at the turrets, and then got attacked by everything and died. And what I explained to him that I do is go scan the ship and that'll bring up all of the different locations, scan each turret and that'll bring up the sub-location for the power supply, point the nose of my ship to the power supply, go full shields, hit boost, slam into it. They don't even get mad at me. I so get in no theory, fine bounty and they're just thinking I'm a very bad driver. So thinking about that then, in theory I could put my landing gear down use it to squish Ben and Sue and Colin when he's back. <laughs> and, and as long as I'm going under 100 meters per second, I won't get anything. And you'll uh, be squished. Technically, if they're not in a docking area, you can be going over 100 meters per second. That 100 meter per second rule only uh, involves the docking areas. Yeah, but I'm thinking about actually hovering above the door, you know, like a splat the rat or a whack-a-mole thing. When players come out, you just go squish at the door, squish at the door. This is why you have no friends. <laughs> oh, come on. Does anyone not think that'd be hilarious? Uh, I'm with Kai. That is absolutely why you have no friends. Ah, oh, right. Okay, let's start on, on that bombshell. The fact that I apparently have no friends, even though I have loads. And I just sure, sure. Them. Sure. Um, yeah, so well, I'm sure we'll come back to the article with more information. Um comes uh, about so um let's move on to uh community corner um uh, there's a data slate delay um ben do you know about this one yep so alan basically you know they went off a couple of weeks ago they went off and recorded episode 30 i believe it is um episode 20 sorry of data slate uh they went off and recorded it and it was a great recording but it was a little bit long and Alan's, oh, excuse me, and Alan's run out of a little bit of t- time. Um, so basically, the episode was meant to be out at the beginning of the week, and uh, but you know that's that's not made it, and he's going to be working on it basically when he gets a chance, and it will be out soon. TM. Excellent. And uh, Kai, again, we're on to your turning the wheel initiative. Sure. Uh, turning the wheel. What's going on with the Dark Wheel? The Dark Wheel is doing well. Uh, we are taking over Pralak. We're climbing in the ranks. That's the one we just jumped into. We're climbing in the ranks. We successfully uh, tested Operation Shindets. We were pushing to see, because it hasn't been explicitly stated that you could not expand out of Shinrata Desra, although it seemed impossibly hard. So we had a massive group of people put in thousands of influence a day. And what we found is that we gained over the course of a four day period, we gained every day consistently over 12%. We gained like a total of like 13, 14% uh, 
And then some hidden algorithm kicked in, which started knocking us down. And even though we turned up the efforts, we then for the next three or four days consistently lost every day. I went to the forums, posted a thread saying, this doesn't make sense. Here are actual logs with thousands of influence a day. There's something wrong here. Uh, I messaged a community manager whose initial response was, I very much doubt that anybody on the dev side is tinkering with stuff just to screw you. That doesn't make sense to me. To which I clarified my point and said, no, that's not at all what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there's a hidden rule set for at least Shinrata Desra, if not other places, that is screwing us here. You're not aware of it, clearly. You need to go talk to somebody and find out about it so that you can come back and answer me intelligently. They did. And they came back and said, you know what? Uh, we found out you're exactly right. There's a thing in Shinrata Desra. Our official statement on the matter is that Shinrata Desra is above the petty squabbles of BGS. So while you can move things within a little bit here and there, um, just to kind of keep the, the 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 illusion or the view of it looking like, oh, look, this is whatever. No, you cannot expand out of there. There are rule sets, special rule sets in place that will prevent it. And yeah, you ran into it. So uh, stop doing that. In so where, we, where, have you re- where have you expanded the dark wheel from then? So what happened was before this special rule set was put in place a couple of years back, it was not in place. And there was a BGS peculiarity. Some people with their tinfoil hats on have claimed that it was something that Frontier did specifically to get the dark wheel out of Shinrada so that this an, an opportunity like the one that we have done has could exist. But that they subsequently closed the door on that loophole. So that's yeah, okay. So we found it next door at LFT 926 and then starting expanding it all across the galaxy. But the good news is we're fine in Arc. We're climbing in Prolock. We're not going to take over Arc. We're that we're just we're neighbors there. We're invited guests. Uh, but we are now pending expansion again out of Turritani and. We are absolutely on profile, on target to land in Lave. So bring your whiskey, hide your women. We're going to party in a couple of days when we land in Lave. Woo-hoo! Uh, so have you, has um, it now concluded then, the turn the wheel operation? And we ain't going out with a bang, so to speak, or is no. there a... No, we're, we're going to land... Are you joking, you crazy man? We're going to land in Lave. Uh, we are going to test Seoul. We've already, Pralak is our first step on our way to LFT 509. This, we're just getting this thing going. Everybody stand back because we're coming. Excellent. So, um, moving on then to uh, community news. Um, do we have anything to add before we go into the, uh, the standard, if you like, um, community updates? Uh, not from me, I don't think. I mean, I can add some. I don't know what you wanted, but just very briefly, go look into the IMU, the Intergalactic Mining Union. Every week, they do a very cool event that is uh, every Sunday at 5 p.m. UTC, and they do it other times during the week. You go onto their Discord, you get a role that says you're either mining ready or escort ready. They do a mapped mining run in a HazRes that makes people hundreds of millions of credits in the course of an hour or two. Uh, and it's awesome, awesome times. Um, that sounds really fun. 
I don't know if anybody's ever done a map run. Basically, you can make upwards of, say, 500 million credits in an hour, but you it, it takes a lot of work to know what a how to do the map. Well, it doesn't take any work at all to follow their guide who knows the map. You just hang out. It's very, very cool. And in addition, the side aspect of it is people that sign up to say they want to be an escort ship. They go in a combat-ready ship. They fly along, and then people yell out because they're in a hazardous. People yell out, "I'm being attacked!" And you get to go and blow up pirates and have yeah, fun. Yeah, so Kai, if you got if you got a link, we'll put it in the show notes uh, for next time. Um, ben, I was under the impression that at least for a while, Frontier had a deliberate. I'll, I'll say deliberately disabled the ability for the mapped mining runs because you know, not at all, because people they, were basically. I'm not gonna. They're not. It's not an exploit. But you know, if you know where if you know where all the hotspots are and exactly which which one is which, nope. I thought they'd stopped that. But not even um, a little. They maybe, have turned off. Maybe Ben, uh, turn you can uh, you can go on one because uh, you're poor in game. They, they and, turned off. Um, oh, you saying hi? Sorry. They turned off the egg, which was an exploit where you could reset. But mapped runs have always been a thing. The maps mm -hmm. all got reset when they included tritium in the game and shook up the hotspots. But it, it, it literally, it takes you an hour to go and make another and map. You go and make another map, yeah, so you're fine again. So the okay. Mining Union is an awesome Discord, awesome yeah. people. And if you want to go for a fun event with other commanders and make a boatload of money, you can do that. Similarly, there's a group called the... Uh, okay. Yes, give us a link, and uh, we'll let the listeners um, read up all about it. it. Does sound a good initiative, I have to, uh, I have to say. So, uh, our sister station, an orbital, uh, broadcasts on a Thursday from half past eight, and you can tune in at tvforthemug.com or just for the audio at radio.forthemug.com. And uh, for the discerning commander who likes a bit. Uh, of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at uh, discord.me at Elite Dangerous. And uh, after this, we have hopefully, uh, we have uh, Galnet Digest from Commander Wotherspoon. Uh, we do, we do. So. Yeah, we do. Okay, excellent. And um, yes, I've just been reminded that the Paladins Consortium are holding a class this week for new players to survive in open. And uh, I guess we'll have a link for that as well. Now, is that new new players, or is that players who have played in solo for ages and want to uh, dip their toe in open? It's open for anybody. Um, you know, the Paladin Consortium is a bunch of lovely, lovely, friendly guys. Um, Commander Grey is a... I love Commander Grey. He's awesome. And he likes his coffee, which makes him even better in my book. Um, and basically, they they go off and do these things on a regular basis. So they're willing to train train anyone who's who's not comfortable in open, shall we say, uh, to to get good. I would I would say. Do you know the sort of help they offer? Do they like saying, "Well, you're flying around in a Type Seven. We really recommend you don't fly around in a shield that, Type Seven. That open. would probably be a good first step. Yes, um, and I. I, I they will. They'll basically. They'll talk you all the way through. If you know literally nothing, and you, why am I getting defeated in the shieldless Type Seven? And you can't figure out. Well, maybe it's because I got no fucking guns on board, or at least I can't run. Then that'll, you know, they'll be like, well, you know, you're you're probably dying because you haven't got any shields and you haven't got any engines. Um, and they'll go and give you builds and things like that to your ships. 
but then they'll also teach you strategies and tactics and best practices like you know for example if you're getting yeah you know, if you're worried you're going to get sort of ganked and picked on making sure you're able to go off and do a high wake and things like that um and uh sue you uh, mentioned speedball Yes, uh, I have nothing to do with this, but it's really cool. Speedball are holding no, their... No, it's Turner. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the lovely Primetime Casual um, who organises this, I think. But Speedball 4 is happening in HR 6164 at the planet called The View uh, on the 21st and 22nd of November. If you do not know what Speedball is, it is one of the raddest things in Elite Dangerous. You get a ship pointed at the ground, fall incredibly fast, and miss. Uh, players have actually got up to higher speeds in normal space than the supercruise minimum speed, um, which is breathtaking. Uh, I, think, I think the record is, is comfortably higher than the, uh, than the cruising supercruise speed. Um, so it's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, and anybody can do it. Anybody can get involved. Just hop over to HR6164 next weekend, uh, and have a load of fun. Uh, I'll I'll re- do another reminder. Next I believe week. Primetime Casual is going to be running his mega ship. Cool, good. So that'll make it even easier for everybody. So I assume people can get help with builds and loadouts and things before they attempt this, or do they sort of try it? And if they hit the ground and blow up, they just learn. You can. I think probably the onus is on you to um, to decide uh to to watch videos and and get yourself acquainted with with how it works we we've also done uh we've done articles on it in sagai in the past um which i don't uh which i I don't remember the meat of and i can't remember which issue it's in (laughs) being Um, serious though uh shan you can actually you can speedball in literally anything you know i could take my cutter that i'm in just now with no engineering well my my cutter's got engineering but i could take an unengineered cutter or an unengineered sidewinder, and do speed bowling almost as effectively as somebody who's in a fully A-rated ship or a fully engineered ship. You don't, you don't need all the bells and whistles to have fun. Swimming um, with a flat bottom is apparently preferable. That's a benefit. Um, I mean, crates crates are okay. Uh, haulers are okay. Adders are okay. Apparently, you should plan to lose your ship if you go. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say you know you're, you're meant to miss, but you you quite often. Don't. Yeah. The, the, I think the record's held in a viper, I believe. Uh, but, this is just so. You don't need to have a great ship for it or anything like that. This has just reminded me of another use of physical multi-crew. Do you remember the instance in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy where they get trapped on the ship? That's going to do a sun dive from disaster area. So, I'm thinking ideas here. So, Ben, Sue, and Colin can come with me on my ship as I then do the speed bowl. So, they're then on my ship as it hurtles towards the planet. <laughs> uh, I don't think I will ever be getting on your spaceship, Shan. It, it does sound great fun. So, again, we'll put a link to that um, in the show notes. Uh, so we then have a couple more announcements. Uh, for those interested in sci-fi and fantasy books, um, Lace Station Station Commander, um, as Alan, has restarted Data Slate podcast on a Friday night. Uh, so for all those who want a bit of literary escapism, um, head over there. Do we have a link to the uh, 
the podcast? www.layradio.com. Uh, there we go. I should know that one, shouldn't I? But there we go. Okay, so as we wrap up the show, I want to thank everyone who's been uh, chipping in on Twitch chat and uh, in-game. And does anyone else have any more they want to add? Or I mean, we, we can mention, like we mentioned last week, that Sagai episode 30 dropped last week. Um, so that was podcast only. It's an hour of absolutely awesome news about the galaxy, uh, including things on uh, some more some more stuff about turning the wheel and the ever so interesting Carcosa War out in Colonia. Okay, and uh, just to make sure we 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 pay Kai by the word, um, you got an announcement. What or not? You put. You said you had an announcement. He put carrots, some little carrots on saying, because Suf was saying, give me a moment. Was oh, okay. I was just making sure. But you can go and say, Commander Kaizen, I believe you're on a podcast. When can we listen to that? Am I? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a show. It's called Elite Week. It happens live every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time, which now that the time zone has changes, changed, it's uh, 1 a.m., UTC. So come party. And where can we download that from? You can get it from anywhere where podcasts are, or you can go to uh, the Twitch TV channel uh, Elite Week, or you could go to YouTube forward slash Elite Week. Have we done Sagai issue 30? We have, yes. That's what I just mentioned. The only thing they didn't mention was the fabulous article in there about the uh, Banana Nebula expedition, which was really, really good. I knew those those one I missed, but I couldn't remember what it was, so I didn't didn't mention it. Okay, so uh, that is definitely it for another episode of Lay Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email us on info at laveradio.com. Or go to Facebook, which is facebook.com slash laveradio. Tweet us on at laveradio. And you can even join the Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. We also have a TeamSpeak service uh, where commanders can come and hang out and chat, which you can find at teamspeak.laveradio.com. And if you have any questions or comments or anything like that, don't come to me. Shan, ask Ben. Um, so, Lave Radio is recorded in front of a live studio audience on Tuesday at 8.30 and streamed on laveradio.com slash live. So, thanks to Ben, thanks to Sue, uh, thanks to our special guest for today, Kai, uh, thanks to our uh, various tech primates, uh, Commander Ventura and uh, Newell, and thank you for listening. So, uh, it's good night from me, Commander Shan, and uh, until next time, if you can't fly safe, you need to fly dangerous. Thank you very much. Is your life like this? Is that like some kind of orange inserted into uh, this, this. You need a safe one. Space can be
I'm gonna see the galaxy. Digest, 10th of November, 3306. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news... Feds beat back imps from terror system. Republican terror campaign continues to dog empire. Alliance follows ghost ship to riches. Feds beat back imps from terror system. It appears all but inevitable that the Imperial drive to defeat Neo-Marlinist terror will be beaten back by Federal forces in LTT 1935. The Imperial Task Force entered LTT 1935 on Thursday the 5th of November to seek down and destroy a Republican bomb-making factory that they believe is located somewhere in the system. However, the local Federal-aligned faction was having none of it, and with the help of a number of independent commanders, is close to routing the Imperial Anti-Terror Task Force. The Imperial Internal Security Service has stated its concern that if the bomb-making facility cannot be shut down, more prominent figures linked to the Duval family may be assassinated, and more starports may be bombed. Federal sources say they are concerned that with President Hudson, a lame duck after losing the support of his own party following allegations of complicity with those responsible for destroying Starship One, Felicia Winter's noticeable pro-Marlinist leanings may further stoke tensions with the Empire, running the risk of starting an all-out war. And the large number of refugees admitted to federal systems have created housing, resourcing and law and order problems for the local administrations to deal with. The Federation may be winning this battle, but elsewhere they're losing out big time. Republican terror campaign continues to dog empire. It may not be as spectacular as the first week of the Neo-Marlinist atrocities, but the Empire is still suffering several terror incidents linked with the rogue Republican organisation, the Neo-Marlinist Liberation Army, every single day. Targets include local authority buildings and barracks, and there have been hundreds of casualties. The Neo-Marlinists also continue to carry out targeted assassinations against low-profile targets associated with the Emperor's family. In a rare admission, the Imperial Internal Security Service has conceded that it was not prepared for a well-organised terror attack from within the Empire and has been struggling to regain the initiative. 
heavy-handed tactics in systems with large numbers of Republican sympathizers may have proved counterproductive, as the IISS has lost public sympathy and cooperation in these systems. Coupled with the disastrous war in LTT 1935, it seems likely that attempts to suppress neo-Marlinists may have come to nothing, and that we must expect further atrocities in the coming days. Alliance follows ghost ship to riches. While the Empire and the Federation are busy squabbling over a border system, the Alliance has taken the initiative in being the first superpower into another meta-alloy-rich region of space. Having lost out in the colonisation of the Pleiades, the Alliance learned its lesson. It has long had a monopoly in the California Nebula, and having recently increased its standing in the Witchhead Nebula, it is now the only power to move into position near the Colsac Nebula to harvest the plentiful barnacle sites that have recently been found in that region by the so-called Ghost Ship Adamaster. The Alliance plans to thoroughly map the Muscadark region and Colsac Nebula to find all the sources of meta-alloys and will then put into place mining facilities to efficiently make use of the harvested product. The Alliance has said it has plans to work with terraforming company Sirius Atmospherics in the region, leading to rumours that this may be one of the first regions in space where commanders will be permitted to land on planets with thin atmospheres. As long as the Alliance doesn't encounter any Thargoids in the region, everything should work out just fine. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We read the news so you don't have to. 